0: What is up, everybody? Welcome to Covering the Slate, Daily Fantasy Insiders, and it's my favorite podcast of the year. It is the Thanksgiving edition of Covering the Slate, and we've got a a fun 3 games NFL slate to talk about, of course, obviously, and we've got some great DFI insiders to uh Daily Fa- Fantasy Insider insiders. That works, right? Yeah. Yeah. Of course that works. It's a it's mouthful, Shoot. but it works. It is. Well. Yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to Thanksgiving in, in, a, in a second, mac do Don't worry. <laughs> it's a mouthful. Um but yeah, yeah, so let's, uh, let's introduce, obviously, the insiders. You already heard from our CEO, our boss man, president, co-founder. Any other titles you want to throw in there, j mac
1: Uh, that's more than I even deserve. Thank you. Okay,
0: beautiful. There you go. Justin McMahon. What's going on, man? Hey, you been?
1: I am, I am excited to be here. I think it's been this is like year six. I think we've been doing this Thanksgiving podcast without missing one for it's, five like years. Six actually. years, five six years. Okay, five, five years. years. Yeah, five this years. is. Uh, yep. I I, pre- I prep for this one all off season. I'm always I'm always <laughs> ready for this week.
0: This is this is the one that uh, everyone circles on their calendar. That is that is for damn. Oh fun. yeah. This is this is the fun one. Uh Jake Barton, back on the podcast. What's up, brother?
2: Back and better than ever. Ready for this? Ready for these Thanksgiving takes to be flying? Now,
0: see, you guys are prepared. I, I, I kind of told you we're going to talk about Thanksgiving, but mm-hmm. you know the 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 usual stupid takes—they've already been litigated. No, you know macaroni sucks. It's not a it's not a side. Cranberry Ooh. sauce is awful. Pumpkin pie is oh best. All that stuff. So all that stuff's, all that stuff's <laughs> already been litigated. We don't have to go over that stuff anymore. So we won't we won't do that.
2: We'll find a way to work it in. Don't you <laughs> of
0: course we will. Uh, Josh Roberts. What's up, man? You can unmute. What's going on, buddy? Hey, hey,
3: hey. Uh, Just a couple things. One, sure. I just want everyone to know, when it comes to Thanksgiving takes, I, I need you guys for, to just have a visualization of the body compositions of the people on this call. <laughs> <laughs> and what okay. you really need to know oh, is that mine is the only one that matters because I'm the only one that's fat. So no one else's takes have any weight. Literally, they literally, no weight. No literally. literally So just keep that in mind and, and don't get carried away listening to these these guys that don't know food talk about food, you know what I mean?
0: Well, so, I mean uh, the last yeah. time I saw you the last time I saw you eating, you were eating a piece of tree bark. So let's not let's not get that twisted Yeah, through, so. Exactly. Right. Anything
3: that yeah, I've tried it all. I got a very diverse palate. I know what's good, I know what's not good. You know, everything serves its purpose, but yeah, just keep that in mind as we go through this.
0: I love it. Um, we'll, we'll get to the tree bark thing in a second. Uh, last, certainly not least, uh, Matt Martin, baby Martin, the youngest Martin of the clan. What's up, man?
4: Uh, how's, how's it going? My second year back for the, the uh, Thanksgiving pod. Uh, I was going to, I was going to ask Josh if, uh, tree bark's on his Thanksgiving, uh, Thanksgiving Day menu, but you uh, stole the joke from me, so it's all right. Good start.
0: That's okay. I actually, he the, the plates are made out of the tree bark, so he's not only going to eat off of ah, them, he's going go. to eat them. There you go. That that was that was that was your other joke. You're good. All good. Um. So yeah, I I did kind of want to drop in the uh, the last time we did a, a podcast. Uh, we've already had uh, we had the retreat. In the meantime. And let me tell you, I, I, the only person I met up until the retreat was Jake. Jake, uh, when I moved to Raleigh, Jake was passing through and we met up literally like the weekend I moved here. So was kind of cool to meet him. And then I met all you other yahoos at the retreat and it was, uh, it was a lot of fun, you know, I mean, anybody that has, uh, has ever kind of been in our discord or been in our war rooms and, and, and kind of seen the camaraderie and, and, uh, the togetherness and all the just all the teamwork that we that goes into uh putting out content every day. I mean, that's that was on display at the retreat, man. That was just so much fun. And, and J Mac, I gotta I gotta say thanks for for letting us do that and and uh, for me to be a part of it and for all these guys to be a part of it. It was a lot of fun, man.
1: Yeah, I enjoyed it a lot and I'm relieved that you didn't quit the company after meeting Jake right away. <laughs> I I was concerned. We try not to send Jake <laughs> I, out to be people's first in person meeting. I, I think uh,
2: we've we've talked about this on a podcast or something too, but I was I was uh in the end of trying to grow out for the first time my uh quarantine beard and it was ooh. absolutely awful. Too. I mean it was it was so bad. So <laughs> Nate like even worse than just meeting me in general meeting me with that set of facial hair that I had I I'm also surprised that Nate didn't just call it quits right after that
0: something it was something to behold
1: it really was <laughs> yeah
2: it really was
1: it wasn't like if ball cap willy level beard though right
2: no not Ooh, you, no, no not quite that you couldn't
1: you couldn't even that's if you wanted that. to
2: I don't think I could yeah that's a that he's a different breed of a, of, of a man that is just that's that's something else <laughs>
0: But uh but, yeah I just wanted to wanted to throw that in there just for um just for gratitude's sake and uh we it's Thanksgiving so I, I that's one thing that I'm thankful for be a part of this uh be a part of this team Aww. and if, oh yeah I know so I know <laughs> and if uh and if you're listening to this and you happen to uh it, obviously it'll be posted on Apple Podcasts it'll be on Spotify um we'll post a link on Twitter and if you're and if you're seeing this and you haven't subscribed and you're not part of of, uh, of the community. I mean, what are you waiting for? I mean, we've got everything covered, uh, not just NFL, not just NBA. Um, we, uh, we cover literally all the slates, uh, baseball, hockey, uh, hockey. I mean, it's hockey slate, uh, this Thanksgiving before or the, uh, the slate before Thanksgiving on Wednesday is going to be absolute bonkers. I was just reading uh, uh, the, uh, the, NF- the NHL slack. Yeah. Evidently they're, they're ooh. hyped up. So, oh, uh, yeah, so a that 14 gamer yeah so that's that's going to be a whole lot of fun so i mean we don't just do uh we don't just do a couple of sports and then just kind of throw everything else by the wayside we've got experts all over the map covering every sport mma soccer golf all of it you name it esports all of it you name it we uh we've got experts that uh that know all about it so um if you're listening to this and you you just came upon it and you don't know about dfi we've got a beautiful app uh the website is awesome. Uh, all of our content gets posted there, and uh, I mean, just the app is fantastic. That's really been a game changer for us. I know Justin was working a long time on that, and uh, to see that come to fruition was uh, was an awesome thing too. So, um, so yeah, did I hype it, hype it up enough? I think I did. I think
1: so. That was great. Yeah.
0: Okay, good, good, good. Thank you. All right, uh, so let's get right to it. I, I know everyone wants to talk about the the NFL slate. And last year was kind of interesting. It was a COVID year. We had a three-game slate schedule, but only two games ended up get playing played on Thanksgiving. Um, it was the Pittsburgh and I forget who else um, got postponed all the way to the Wednesday after Thanksgiving.
4: Oh yeah, I so forgot about that. Fall yeah, state. it was yeah, it was Baltimore, and then that was the uh, the Trace Trace McSorley game because I think Lamar. Oh, that's, that's right. COVID.
1: Yeah, Oh, they kept postponing it because Lamar had COVID. That was the speculation, right?
4: Yep. Yep.
0: That's it. That's it. And then, um but the other two games we got were, were interesting. Um we had the traditional Dallas and, and the Lions, and both those teams got beat. And both of those, both of the opposing teams, Houston played Detroit, they scored 41 points, and then now my mind is blanking on who Dallas played last year, but they also, the opponent,
1: Washington, on Dallas.
0: It was Washington. Yeah, it was the Redskins. They scored. Four it was a. Uh, it was
1: Antonio Gibson had a monster game.
0: That's right. He had, I think he had three touchdowns that game. But
4: um. But so sure, so it was interesting. Sure the chalk absolutely smashed last year. Smashed. There was like it there did. Was,
2: there was, the chalks. No way around. Well. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> all all week we, we were trying to figure out how to get around the uh, Deshaun Watson double, and that just ended up being what. Took down everything. Yep, mm-hmm.
1: that's it. It was my it was my the my absolute cockiest like, adult that won.
0: Yeah, but not this and, year. Uh, no, God, no, no. Sure, right. Wait, wait, yeah,
2: wait till doesn't... you wait
0: till you hear what I'm gonna do. But it's interesting yeah. that uh, 41 points scored. Uh, the the winning teams both scored that, and we've got a couple of. I mean, there might be all, all three of these games might have a have a hard time getting above 41 points total. Judging by how they have played here recently, I mean, obviously, I, I think there's going to be at least one game that gets over that. But Jesus, I mean, I Buffalo see. and and the Saints, and then Chicago and Detroit, jeez. Yeah,
2: it would be hard to have a less appealing slate of games for this. It really, is, really
0: this this is uh, dog water. It really is. That's, it's awful. That's, that's I right. mean, there
2: could be the
4: Titans. Okay, the all right, You're right. So we're,
2: okay, so we're doing that. Yeah, you know, so we're starting, starting early. That's fine. All right, <laughs> okay. <laughs>
4: Kick, oh, kick a man, man while he's
2: down.
0: That's fine. I get it. That's cool. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about it. I, all I know is I don't have any weather to worry about because all these games are inside, uh, in Detroit and Dallas and New Orleans. So no weather to worry about. So everything should be good, ideal conditions. So let's go this first quote unquote game. Uh, the Bears and the Lions, uh, kicking things off at 1230 Eastern. Um, This is where my, uh, this is where my, my stack's coming from. It's gonna be Andy Dalton. It's the cheapest stack in the world. Andy Dalton and Darnell Mooney and Marquise Goodwin for all, for all the biscuits. I mean, wow. I don't hate it. Dalton came in and Dalton came in and, and literally saved the day. Sorta, kinda. He, he, he made it. He made a case and then, and now that, um, and now that uh, Justin Fields is doubtful, he has been named the starter. He, Andy Dalton is your starting quarterback for the Chicago Bears. And uh what a spot against Detroit. So, um, obviously, the Tim Boyle experiment, I guess, is going to continue with Jared Goff. Questionable. He's probably not going to play.
1: Can you he's even call it an experiment? Point? I mean, when it's an experiment, you're, like, hoping to see what happens, right? Like, I like think we result, all know.
0: No one wants to see the results. Yeah, <laughs> no one wants to see the results. Um So, so quarterbacks on this uh, in this first game. I mean, like I honestly don't think that playing Andy Dalton on this slate is the worst idea. I, I really don't. I
1: no, mean, I, the worst I, idea would be the other quarterback in this game.
4: <laughs> you're right. You're so right. Tim Boyle slander will stop now. Legend <laughs> <Back laughs> Tim Boyle.
0: Um, but but. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead.
4: I mean, I mean, the the reason, that one of the reasons I, I I like the the Dalton idea is like the two two of the like highest owned people on the slate are gonna be David Montgomery and DeAndre Swift. So the Dalton stack immediately gets you leverage off of um, Montgomery, and like mm-hmm. I think the, the the big thing for for the first game is just like doing something the field isn't doing. So then you can gain information on whether you want a late swap after. Because I feel like right. Like yeah, because you they're is just gonna like oh they don't, they want to have someone in that game so they'll play David Montgomery I and maybe maybe DeAndre Swift and then no matter how they do you can just just hold hands with everyone else and and, and tie for him in cash. Yeah, and is it just me, Does it, it. D-
0: does it seem like people want to play pieces from the first game, or is that just like my perception and and being? So weird? the first the
1: first game is always like the most uh overpicked game. Like, I'd say, yeah, it, yeah I, I always feel like you're right in it. Even when it's an absolute horrible game, people will have, like, two or three guys when maybe they should have one or zero. Um, last year, we we thought everyone's going to want to start their Thanksgiving off with their stack early. They're going to go Watson-Fuller. We nailed it. They were, like, 76% owned. And then I think they each had over 35, so it didn't help <laughs> us at all to be contrarian. I'm pretty sure it wasn't the... It was texans lines right? And that was the yeah. game where... The optimal was like Fuller, Watson, Texans D, and then Adrian Peterson as your run back.
4: As
0: your run back,
4: yeah, yeah. I'm,
1: I'm, I'm pretty make sure I had there. Adrian Peterson, and I was oh, like, yeah, God, thought, God, I'm I so sharp. We were because we, we thought we thought they're just going to grind this game out with AP, which they tried to do, but and then we're like, Oh, and that's going to take up all the clock, so then Watson and Fuller just won't have time to like go off. Just like you know, trying to find some reason not to play with seventy percent on stack. And Peterson did do well, but I think Watson hit Fuller for like two sixty yard bombs, so they didn't need a lot of time. They just scored instantly.
2: Was wasn't 80, one of them
1: a trick play yeah. too? Yeah, one of them was some sort of trick play. And yeah. Like, yeah, like, it, I, was like, it was miserable. I was right. yeah, I wasn't feeling very thankful.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean obviously with these what was that? Go ahead.
4: AP was fifteen for fifty-five and two, the most AP stat line ever. Oh yeah. It, Titans, and then and, legend, and D was shocked too, and JJ Watt had a touchdown early.
0: Jeez, these Thanksgiving slates, man, especially after a short week. I mean, just literally anything anything can freaking happen. I mean, would would, that, would it shock me if this if this game went, you know, seventeen to thirteen? No. Would it shock me if this game went? Thirty-five to thirty-one. No, I mean I don't know what's going to happen in this game. I mean Chicago's defense is high. I mean not not great. Um, I don't know. I mean, just there's just nothing appealing really about this game whatsoever. I mean,
1: it's it's ugly. The only thing appealing about this game, and I'm going to lower my voice now, is that it's probably the only game that I'll get to watch peacefully. <laughs>
2: Is <laughs> it marriage have, fun, buddy? <laughs> they have um,
3: here's here's I, one thing I'll I'll toss in <laughs> that I think people may not be aware of, but actually the Bears have been actually pretty bad defensively since losing Cleo Mack like four or five weeks. Yes, ago. Yeah. he went on IR, and for as much flack as we give Jared Goff, like uh, he does have some arm talent and. He's playing inside. I is think, he like, playing? Uh, he's expected to play, I think. Oh. Um, he, he's yeah, I would, I would
0: game consider golf.
3: Yeah, so I think, like, it's interesting at least to, you know, as we're considering that, and especially if he is a game-time decision, he'll have super low, uh, he'll come in super low Um, <clears throat> in terms of popularity for the slate. So I think it could be interesting. Oh, um, yeah. Season-long numbers look pretty bad for the Bears, like, in terms of a matchup, but... Since losing Cleo Mack, they've gotten significantly worse. And, um, you know, Huntley didn't play great yesterday, but he found out he was playing like two hours before the game. Right. Um, so I, I do think it's disgusting and like, it's going to feel like that. Anytime you're trying to get weird or different on a three gamer, it's going to feel like that. But I will say the matchup isn't something like these aren't the bear, the 85 bears, you know, that people are no. used to. And, and it is an indoor game. Like, like Nate mentioned, um, we know Jared Goff spent his whole life growing up in California in the sun. Um And now he's stuck in miserable Detroit, but he gets back to indoors, So there is
0: some semblance of hope. If you, if you do, do want to go there. Yeah. So, I mean, so, Oh, good. No, uh, I, I was just going to ask. So if you play golf, I mean like who do you even stack him with? I mean, yeah, I think you're probably Kaleep Raymond or
3: I think you go Hawkinson. And then, I mean, it's probably okay. Swift, which isn't getting too far off, but I think like including golf with him gets yeah. you a little bit different. Right. Cause like, you know, if Swift is fifty percent and golf comes in at say ten, you've got to assume that, you know what, like eighty percent of golf lineups have Swift in them, so you know, yeah. you're really only competing with like eight percent of lineups with that combo, I would assume, something like that. Um and that math yeah. could be wrong, but just kind of ballparking it. But that's 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 one way that I think I'd if and you want to do the double, yeah.
0: Yeah, but and I'm if Swift sure. gets there, he's gonna get there through the you know, receiving volume, obviously. So Yeah, absolutely. Well, he's been getting a lot of carries,
1: but that's probably because Goff's been out, right? They right. just don't trust, they don't trust Nick Wartz or whatever the guy's name is.
0: Oh, and the, and the fun, and the fun stat that was shared in the Slack, the last time the Lions had a receiving touchdown, can we believe this? This was week four. The last time no. they had a receiving touchdown, it was DeAndre Swift that caught the ball. Yeah, Gabe shared week that.
4: Week four?
0: Yeah. There are so many, this is a quote from Gabe. There are so many sad Lions stats. They have one passing touchdown since week four, and it was a screen to DeAndre Swift.
1: Oh, my
0: gosh. <laughs> what? <laughs> that is so And we're talking crazy.
1: about playing golf. But honestly, I don't hate the <laughs> golf play. There are four teams that basically have the same team total in my eyes. They're all between 19.25 and 21.5. So, yeah. Or the Bears have 22, right? So it's like they're all within a field goal of each other. Unless you're stacking Dallas or Buffalo, it doesn't really matter which of those four that you pick. Uh, I don't hate the Dalton idea, but yeah, I think Goff would be the lowest zone because they've been so committed to the run lately, but will they continue to do that now that they have Jared Goff back? Um, I guess that's, that's the question, right? Like he was throwing so much early in the year through the first eight games. He only threw less than 34 attempts once and he threw 30 times against Baltimore. So I think he has enough volume. Um, he's actually almost hit or, or did hit 300 yards a couple times this year. Um, I don't think he's as bad as people think he is, and maybe they get back to throwing more when they get now that they have him back. So I don't hate it. I think he could be like two percent owned, uh, which for a, a three-game slate is is pretty insane. It is hard to imagine him beating Allen and Prescott straight up, both of them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I but think the it,
3: biggest it, thing there is like the trade-off you're getting is like, you can probably fit
0: salary. I
4: mean, you can
1: get another stud. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just whether or not like there's enough value receivers that you don't even need to do it. But, um, but then it's going to put you in a pretty chalky build. If you try to go with the Allen build with, you know, everyone's going to play Cedric Wilson. And I think, yeah, I, I think there's just, there's pretty obvious value receivers um, and if you were to choose to pay up for someone like Khalif Raymond at 4.6 instead of going all the yeah. way down to like 3.5, you probably end up like super unique with that type of build.
2: Yeah. How, how sad of a statement was that? If you choose to pay up for a guy like Khalif. Khalif Raymond. Raymond? Oh. <laughs> God.
1: If you choose to ruin your Thanksgiving right, right. out of the yeah, gate.
2: If you want to pay up for Khalif Raymond's one target. On, uh, on Thursday, could right? also
1: just play Josh Reynolds. He ran the most routes of anyone on the team last week. Sure did. Just a, just a
2: couple of former Titan greats. Yeah. When
0: yeah,
1: I mean, I, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I Yeah.
0: I do think the running backs in this game are, are going to be fairly popular. Um, like we were saying, Swift and Montgomery. They they've got some. Uh, they've got some upside for sure. I mean, Montgomery's going to see you know, eighty percent of the work probably. Um, as long as they don't get I mean, they like Khalil Herbert, but Montgomery's the man. So and Swift we know what he can do. Looks like done. uh I guess is Jamal Williams gonna be active. Yeah, I guess he I, I thought he was out last week, but he only touched the ball seven times, so um so it's probably gonna be a obviously a Swift game. So we'll see. But um and then Hawkinson and then everyone's favorite uh cash donkey Cole Komet last week was a total oh, was yeah. a total yeah. dust, so
1: one thing that's interesting about the Swift and uh, – what's the backup's name? Uh,
4: Jamal, Williams. Like, uh, Jamal Williams. Yeah,
1: yeah. thank you, Jamal Williams. I was reading – I was looking at uh, Damian Williams as I was trying to say Jamal, and I could not look at Damian Williams <laughs> and say Jamal Williams. Okay, so I think that people are kind of underestimating that they might work Jamal back in more. Everyone's thinking, oh, now Swift is another game removed from his injury. He can handle even more of a workload. And it's like, well, Jamal Williams was out from week 7 to 10. Now he's back. Maybe he's the guy that is actually going to get healthier and they'll allow them to play Swift less. So I actually think that I would be more concerned as a Swift owner um, than more optimistic, even though he was questionable last week and now it doesn't look like he has an injury tag. I think that speaks more volumes about uh, about Williams. And he's also like min-priced. I mean Jamal Williams yes, yes, for four K, and I don't feel like anybody's interested in playing him. That's kind of an interesting move because then you could go with if you did the golf stack, you could pair Jamal Williams with them um, and hope that you know he ends up getting more work through the air. So it's going to be super long, and if you're listening, you probably don't want to do it. But uh, yeah, Williams has a little bit of upside.
4: I think, I think it makes far more sense in like an, M, in like an M, MME, uh, like if you're 150-ing or something, cause like in a single entry, it might be hard to stomach, but I definitely think yeah. someone that I want to get over in a, in a 150 max. Uh, the last thing I touch on, on, uh, the, the, the aboils uh, is golf. I think you, I mean, everyone should be hoping for golf to play cause they, I mean, in general, if like you're looking to, to stack this game. I mean, all the pieces on the Lions' side and even the Bears' side probably upgrade from having Goff in the game because I think it definitely gives it more of a chance to be higher scoring if it's Goff back there than, uh, right. than uh, Tim Boyle.
1: Yeah, because yeah. if the Lions are running it more, it just ruins the upside of the game for everyone.
0: Yep. For sure, for sure. All right, anything else we want to touch on on this one? We spent way too long on a
3: game featuring the Lions and Bears.
0: I, I totally agree. I saw, oh my God, we've been talking about this for like 12, 13 minutes. This is way too long.
4: <laughs> the last uh, thing I'll say, I think, I think it's probably a good idea to <laughs> do something off the board in this game. Cause then if you, if it goes, if it goes well, then you can get away with playing more of the shock your own guys later. Yep. But if you, I mean, if you just play Swift and Montgomery, you don't really gain anything. I yeah. probably wouldn't put both of them in a lineup personally.
2: Yeah. And are, are these the two chalk defenses probably? I would imagine. Oh, so. I would
0: think so, yeah. 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 I, don't I think, think
2: so. that's probably probably worth. I'm not that it really makes a difference. I mean, all the defenses are going to be probably about the same on this slate aside from the Raiders, but um, yeah,
4: I'd probably say these three, the the uh, these three and the the Bills. Yeah. Maybe the Raiders too. I think, I think, I think it might go be Lions just Lions over Raiders.
0: Yeah. I yeah. I think it might just be whatever fits, like I mean, however you want to go and whatever fits. Well so
1: Lions Raiders are the two cheap ones. They're both five hundred dollars. They're both the same price and they're five hundred cheaper than the next lowest. So I think if you land in that spot you just go Lions. Although if people you know, that could bring Montgomery ownership down a little bit if people are like, Oh, I don't want the defense against my running back. Um I I think we can expect the Bears to be overwhelmingly chalky though. Yeah, probably like so forty to fifty percent on.
0: Yeah. I'd probably ride with that, yeah. That's that sounds about right. All right. Um let's go to the four thirty game. The uh the Vegas Raiders and the Dallas Cowboys think that's probably gonna be the best uh fantasy environment it seems to be. Um from just kind of a cursory glance at it. Obviously, you got Dak Prescott, who totally just I mean, airballed last week. Um, in a spot that everyone thought was going to be pretty fantasy-friendly. Evidently, I guess the Chiefs' defense has gotten off the bus after um, the first seven weeks to the year, and they've started to play now. Um, And then Derek Carr, in kind of a similar situation last week, too. I mean, he didn't play terrible, but against the Bengals, I think a lot of people thought he would play a whole lot better than he did. I mean, I I guess, you know, I I thought he had more. He only had ten points. So, uh, after a couple of disappointing performances, Dak and, and Derek um, in, a, in a spot. Derek Carr is only 5,900. Dak's only 6,900. Um, what do you guys think about the uh, the two quarterbacks here?
3: Yeah, I think Dak I stands like... out. But uh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I was going to say, I think Dak stands yeah. out. Um, but I I think the reason that people will want to play Dak on this slate is because it's pretty clear who to stack him with. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, mm-hmm. you can say the same thing about Derek yeah. Carr, but he, you know, Dak has, like, just kind of an aura that that Derek Carr just doesn't like Derek Carr is never a sexy DFS player, right? Um, you know, we've seen him have more value on on different sites, that you know, where you get, like, more for passing touchdowns and things like that. But Dak's always going to have a little bit more appeal, um, also has the higher team total, things like that. But I do think Derek Carr is in a similar spot where, like, you know exactly who to put him with, right? You can just stack him with Waller and Renfro, especially on a site like DraftKings. And if he's just chucking ducks and each of them get eight catches, then like, you know, if they, if they both go eight for 80 and one, you know, that's a huge stack, um, already. So he's, he's pretty easy to stack with, but I do think Dak will be the more popular option here just cause like, especially if CD does end up staying out, which it seems like reports are a little bit mixed on whether or not a clear protocol. Um, it's going to be very clear, like Justin mentioned earlier, like Cedric Wilson, Michael Gallup, Dalton Schultz, everyone knows who they mm-hmm. want to play with him, you know.
0: Yeah, totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. No, No, you're
1: good. I was going to say, I think we'll end up seeing Zeke a little underowned here because it's so obvious who you want in the Dallas passing game. Um, that I think people will go Gallup. They'll play Cedric Wilson. You know, maybe they go Schultz, but then it's like, okay, I don't, I don't want to have multiple receivers and put Zeke in there. So I think they either put Dak in or they just kind of leave it as is, but. Um, I think not enough people end up playing Zeke. I'm seeing some Josh Jacobs love, uh, that, you know, I don't hate, but I don't think he's one of the three best running back plays on the slate. So I'm not going to play him if he's popular at all. That would be someone I would kind of go contrarian with. Um, but I'd much rather just play David Montgomery or DeAndre Swift. Um, although just, I do have a little bit of concern with Jamal Williams, but Zeke is kind of my favorite. I think he's overpriced. Uh, relative to the other running backs. Like, if you can get Montgomery for 6K, are you paying 8 for Zeke? Probably not. They're projected almost exactly the same. Um, So I think Zeke is the one that's, like, it's kind of funny to think that the running back on a 29-team total as a 7-point favorite would be the lower-owned of the stud running backs. But I actually think it's going to happen just because with Lamb out, everyone will have their Cowboys exposure kind of tied up somewhere else, if you will. Um, But I think you could easily go with four Cowboys, um, you could even go five with Dak and just go for the full just Cowboys route. Um, that 29 total is no joke. That's significantly higher than every other team. So I think you can't go wrong. I mean, you don't need a lot from Cedric Wilson to hit value. You don't even need a ton from Gallup because um, there's so many other bad receivers on the slate. Like, you know, he's he's projected for 12 points. and That's like the third highest receiver on the slate um, after Diggs and Renfro. So, yeah, I think you could you could full stack Dallas here. Um, and it might be a little unique. The only part that's unique probably is adding Zeke in there. But, um, yeah, I'm really curious to see as we get closer, do more people start advocating for that? Because uh, it'd be kind of shocking if everyone chose not to attack just full stack the 29 total.
0: God, I can't wait for Zeke to be like 10%. I can't wait. I, I felt like just looking at this slate, especially from what happened last week with my... Joe Burrow stacks totally failing, and Joe Mixon going off against Vegas. I'm like, this is a Zeke game. I, like, feel it in my bones that this is a Zeke game. All, all I can picture is Zeke running into the end zone, like, three times and jumping in that red Salvation Army kettle. That's all I can picture <laughs> all, all week long, baby. Um, Do you think people
1: so, will remember that last year Zeke was, like, 75% out and he scored, like, four points?
0: Oh, I, I I think I'm sure. I mean if you if, if you played him last year like I did and I'm like, Oh my god like <laughs> so watching Three
1: it, quarters of the population I, played him last year and, and totally infuriated. so maybe yeah. that'll maybe they'll they'll think I'm not going back to that shit. I,
0: I mean think, yeah, uh, but but like you said, sorry Josh, but like you said, with with such with such cheap options in a in a you know, in a fantasy friendly kind of atmosphere, so yeah, I mean Zeke's eight grand. He's a he's the mm-hmm. most expensive guy that's not named josh allen on the oh no he is wait is he more expensive than josh allen i think he is no no yeah yeah he's the most expensive guy on the slate so yeah people aren't going to play him i don't think Yeah,
3: yeah i do think i do think he'll be more popular than than it would seem at first glance just because of the value available especially at wide receiver like um you know like justin said Gallup's projecting super well and he's pretty cheap um like I think people are just gonna have money and be like, oh, where do I spend this? And if they're not playing a DAC stack, which you know that's not gonna be that many lineups that have the full DAC passing stack, you know, probably call it 30% or so, if that. Um, they're gonna just be like, where do I spend this? And then they're just gonna plug in the most expensive guy because people do kind of get FOMO on that salary portion of their lineups when they're building. So I think I do think you'll end up coming in a little higher than than we may think.
1: And and Kamara probably won't draw that much ownership if he stays questionable, because it just makes it impossible to build with him not knowing if he's even going to play. Because there's really not a lot of... I mean, I guess you could swap to, like, Diggs. Uh, if you build with Kamara and the flex, you could swap to Diggs for $100 more. Um, so yeah, that's Um You
3: could go straight to Ingram, though, still, if he's out. I, I like that's, that's true. Could
1: do. You could, yeah. I guess you could build with, like... Ingram and, yeah, there's, like, no one else. Um, Emmanuel Sanders is, like, yeah, it's so tough. He's so far below. Yeah, there's, like, no other flex plays in that game anywhere close to Ingram. There's no one within the 1,500 salary of Ingram that's in that game. So it's really hard to build with Ingram or or Camara, and you just have no flexibility if that injury news doesn't break your way. So I think... I think we'll see very low ownership on those guys. Um, I think, like, almost the only way that you could really play them, unless, like Josh said, you just want to start with Camara and then eat 1600 salary to go down to Ingram, the only other way to do it would be to have to, like, full stack that game without one of the studs, like Diggs or Camara, and then you can pivot everything around to make it work uh, once you get the news. So I kind of hope we don't get news on Camara, because that could be an interesting edge to try to play. Um, Although, if he... So, Josh, do you think that you would play... Because Ingram's questionable, too. Um, So, another thing that you could do... Tony Jones would be, like, a lock if we knew they were both out, right?
3: Yeah, I think so. They've shown a willingness to... I mean, when they have 90-year-old Mark Ingram out here running wheel routes and (laughs) back shoulder fades in the red zone, like, I'm pretty sure that just means they're going to throw it to whoever's in the running back position.
1: Right. So Tony Jones is, is min price. He's four thousand. If he were to start, I think you would really wish that you'd built in a way where you could get him. Um so like it might be worth, you know, instead of like Cedric Wilson for thirty five hundred, maybe you put like Deontay Harris in the flex for thirty seven hundred and then you make sure you leave enough salary, get that extra three hundred left over so that you could swap up to Tony Jones. Um, something like that, or you could build with, um, you know, you could build with, like, Dawson Knox or Cole Beasley in the flex and then swap down to Tony Jones. I think that might be, like, kind of the biggest edge to be played is to, like, be ready to get Tony Jones in because that is not good. Like, if is out, people would switch to Ingram, but if Ingram was out too, they'd probably just play a Bills running back, or I guess maybe they would know to just go to Tony Jones but then they're leaving four thousand salaries, so you're probably going to beat them somewhere else.
0: Yeah, I yeah. think the injury the injury questions on this slate are, are, you know, there's a lot of them. I mean, we we kind of touched on a, a little bit the first game, but you know, with um, uh, with the Chicago uh, wide receivers, uh, a lot of those guys are banged up. I mean, Darnell Mooney's questionable, Allen Robinson questionable. Um, you know, if Robinson sits again, Darnell Moody had 16 targets last game. I mean, there's a lot of injury news that I think you're going to have to be fairly flexible. And, again, that kind of goes into not wanting to play everybody in that first game and, and want to have some flexibility with with your lineup a bit. So, um, and, and the wide receivers on Dallas, obviously that's going to be that, um, you know, CD playing or whatnot. And it's just going to be a lot uh, going on. Um, as far as the injury news goes. So, um, I think being flexible is, is definitely, um, the way to go for sure. Um, but, but like you guys, I mean, I'm just like, while you guys were talking, I don't mean to like, uh, you know, say I wasn't paying attention, but I'm I'm like looking at this and I'm building, you know, a Josh Allen, Steph dig stack with Elliot. And it is so easy to fit pretty much whoever you want in, um, In this lineup, like it's not that hard to fit all three high-priced guys in here and have something that makes sense. And you can say, "Okay, I wouldn't mind playing that." So, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I I think I think playing some pieces in the first game, playing a few pieces in the second, then playing a lot of pieces in a third game is is going to be a pretty popular strategy. So, who, man,
4: I think one of my main things about. Um, if I'm gonna stack Dak, I'm probably just gonna try to do it in um, a way off the board. I feel like one of the things that people are trying to figure out is like who's gonna be the guy between like Cedric Wilson, Noah Brown, and Malik Turner. And like we saw last week, Gallup in the in the the the, the Kansas City game, everyone was all over Gallup, and I mean, I mean, rightfully so. He was thrust basically right into the the my oh, Cooper role. I mean, we we saw Cooper in these spots all season without Gallup, and he he still didn't smash. And like, I think my strategy would probably be to just maybe avoid that altogether and do Dak with Schultz and then one of uh, Elliott or Pollard. I know was, uh, Pollard was running more like like routes from the slot after Lamb went down. So like, I wouldn't hate going Dak with Pollard and Schultz or because originally I thought Zeke was going to be. Like mega chalk, but I mean, if he's going to be low owned, then I definitely don't hate Dak with Zeke and Pollard. Basically, one of my main things is if you're going to stack the the two high owned high, uh, high owned QBs uh, between Dak and Josh Allen, to do it in some sort of different way, yeah. Not, not just not just do what the field does and do Allen, digs Beasley, or Dak with Gallup and, and Wilson or Gallup and Schultz or something like that. Yeah.
0: I mean, I if you want to go if you're if you're going to go with it's either all or nothing. I I feel like like you're either going to go with the DAC stack or you're going to totally avoid it. I mean, I mean you you could go different ways, but you know if you if you go with a Josh Allen stack, you're probably going to run it back with a um, with Renfro or, or Waller or, or whatever. It's just I, I feel like that's a that's an all or nothing proposition just because of the price and and how you want to probably construct your lineup. So. We'll see. Um, and
4: I mean, if, 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 if this game is going to see the most ownership on the entire slate, I mean, like, we've seen these spots, like, like even on Sunday, everyone was all over, the, uh, Kansas City and, and Dallas and like everyone, there was so much ownership there. And like, just from avoiding that game, you already had such an edge in the field. Like, if this game is going to be the most owned, like, it's only a three game slate. Anything can happen. Just avoiding it isn't a, a bad, a bad move. It could just be a slow paced slog. Mm-hmm. But even like with, like, if, like, if two of these games are low-scoring and then, say, Dallas, Dallas wins, like, 45 to something, like, even going with, like, four guys on Dallas isn't, isn't a, a bad move. I wouldn't be afraid to, like, totally onslaught a team either here. Right. You know,
1: like, and I think like, Dallas definitely makes the most sense because you don't need that much from a lot of their guys. Um, you know, if you don't even need a touchdown from Cedric Wilson, you don't need yeah. a touchdown from Dalton Schultz. You know, if they get you, like, six for 70... That's going to be good enough on a three-game slate, Um and then if the touchdowns go to Zeke and Gallup, then you'll be good to go.
4: And like, while well, I mean, while we were talking, I was just playing around with going Dak, Zeke, Pollard, and Schultz, and may, it may be maybe a little too crazy, but I mean, it's not—it's <laughs> definitely not the worst thing you can do. No, no, nope. Oh, we've already got our first
0: yawn of the podcast. Hey. We are screwed.
1: <laughs> uh, I hey. yeah, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's just um thinking about just stacking the the chalk game.
0: It's just uh yeah let's um, to sleep. Get, sleep. Let's get back
1: to Jared Goff.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's put puts in the seats. Let's talk about Jared Goff. Yeah. Um any, anything just, else we uh, want to Yeah, go ahead.
4: Yeah, to, to to shout out our boy Gabe. His boy uh uh, uh Zay Jones led uh Vegas. I think you let him in I don't know if he'd let him in snaps again, but he's playing on like, like all of the snaps. and I don't think people are really going to go to him. He played yeah. 96% in week nine, 85% week 10, 72% in week 11. So I don't hate, I, it, it's, it's uh, another way to get an edge would be everyone running a Dak stack is probably bringing it back with, with Aaron Waller. Um, or I mean, if, if they're going Schultz, they may not be. So going Schultz and Waller isn't a bad idea, but looking to the guys like, like Zay Jones or Brian Edwards, who play on eighty percent of snaps and and can break a long one, is definitely not a bad a bad way to go.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, actually, I, I was uh, I'm I'm actually thinking about playing two tight ends, uh, and I'll tell you why here in a second. Um, are we uh we good with the Las Vegas and Dallas game? Moving on to the last one. Yes, sir. All right, good deal. Um, so let's move on to Buffalo and New Orleans. Um the news for i i well i mean it's not really it's not really news, but i mean I guess it is news taysom Hill signed like this ridiculous contract i mean, what the hell like that's <laughs> what, what, what what's going on <laughs> I don't understand it like i mean he signed a four year extension twenty two and a half million dollars guaranteed like,
1: I won't. I would not be shocked if a documentary came out someday about the the dirt that Taysom Hill has on the, right? streets, the Saints. The
0: front office. <laughs> I'm like, okay. I, I mean, for a guy that's like a a role player, it's it's like when in Hard Knocks, when Tavon Austin got that contract from the Cowboys and he signed it like on the show. Like, dude, you're still like not good at football. Like I'm not saying Taysom Hill's not good at football, but like I, I actually think that might lead us to believe that he might play a little bit more, maybe. In this it's, game? it's hard to say. It's hard to understand
1: why why they do the things that they do.
0: Why are so, you the way that you are? Yeah,
2: <laughs> I, I don't know if it. I don't know if this makes it any better. It, it probably doesn't. Cause, I mean, it's still paying Taysom a lot of money, but I mean, it is only what 22 million guaranteed. Is that what it is? Um, yeah, and then I'm looking at like the setup of it, and it's sixteen million or seventeen million over this year and next year, and then <laughs> after that, it's completely non guaranteed. Um oh, so like it's all front loaded. It yeah, like they, they they could be signing this, and obviously like the 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 kicker for the headline is you know it, it can be worth up to ninety five million, which like of course it's not going to be. They're not going to. They did <laughs> if, that. So he if he starts contract, at QB and leads them to four yeah.
1: Super Bowls.
2: Right exactly, yeah. so like this to me it seems like and, and it it does it's still a ridiculous contract because he does nothing like he's he's not a valuable player, so to pay yeah. him whatever for them to restructure the deal to make it so that they're paying him whatever eighteen million dollars over the next two years is still ridiculous, but this just looking at the breakdown of it, it seems like this is the kind of thing where he'll play this year he'll play next year on the contract and then if he's playing well if, if for some reason he has a significant role in twenty twenty two They'll keep him for two point two million in twenty twenty three, um, and then after that, I mean, it's it's the same price for the next three years. So it it just seems like uh this is basically a two year deal for him, and it, okay. and the numbers make it look a lot worse than it is, but it's still bad. It just is not as it's not as bad as as it's being made out to be.
0: Yeah, I I guess my immediate thought was he's probably going to play more, but I mean that might not yeah. be it. I mean that that yeah. might just be like a bank for the future, just in case. I mean.
2: Who knows? Yeah, exactly. If if so, if they decide to start using him and he yeah. somehow gets the power of Jameis's arm, and while maintaining his own like leg and legs, yeah, maybe Semien's accuracy. I don't know. Yeah, he he just becomes something that he's not. Then maybe it's worth it. Yeah. But
1: I just don't understand what the case is for his skill set. Like what what are we seeing there? That's that's worth continuing to invest in. But but that's we're not we're not NFL scouts. We're not here to, to break that down. We'll Yeah he's mad. Hey just go ahead and tell us about Jawan Johnson. Yeah,
0: yeah,
2: yeah,
0: Right. How did you know that's where I was gonna go? How did you guys know? man that's that, that's that's pretty crazy. Troutman I R, Juwan Johnson, plug and play, twenty six hundred. There's your two there's your two uh two tight end uh lineup right there. Love to see I'm it. in. It's good I'm value. I mean I mean, they've been throwing to the, they've been throwing the tight end a lot. I mean, Troutman had been, like, just peppered with targets. He had eight targets last game, six, seven, six, over the last four weeks. I mean, he had the some man. The Seaman
1: definitely enjoys those tight ends.
0: He Lo- loves, Seaman loves <laughs> tight ends, for sure. Oh my god. So, so <laughs> I'm <was>
1: just making <laughs> an observation.
2: We going take it off the Apple Podcast.
0: No, we're fine. We have, I don't even think we've said a curse word yet. I'm just, these are all fine words. you just, it's okay. all about the phrasing. Um,
4: was John Johnson a, a, a healthy scratch last week? He, no, double, he, no he was, a,
0: he was active and he, he went in for Troutman. He caught, caught two, no, he, I'm sorry. Yeah, he was a healthy scratch last week. I'm sorry. I was looking at Tennessee. Yes, he was a healthy scratch last week.
4: Yes, he did. He did play against, against Tennessee. I remember that. Yes, yeah, but he was, yeah, but he was scratched. That's surprising uh, he was a healthy scratch because I thought
1: he'd been playing quite a bit uh, Well, uh, earlier in the season.
4: When came back, and he, play, he played yeah. 28% snaps, and then Garrett Griffin. Garrett, Garrett Griffin was also active, too.
1: Oh, uh, that doesn't sound I like mean, a situation I'm excited about.
4: Yeah. I was excited because you were, you were, you were excited about a tight end of this game. So I thought you were going to go to Dawson Knox, which I'm, uh, he's one of my favorite plays this late. I think he's going to be, uh, he, I think he'll be probably behind, he'll be behind Waller, Schultz, and Hawkinson in ownership. And I mean, he came back last week, had, had, had 10 targets. We saw how heavily he was used in the red zone, in the end zone earlier in the year. I mean, he's one of my favorite plays probably. And he's yeah. going to leverage off digs.
0: Yeah. Oh, for sure. Like, if you want to get crazy with a, with a contrarian Josh Allen stack, I mean, like Beasley, any, Sanders, and, and Knox. I mean, any one of those three, Allen,
4: I mean, Allen, Sanders, Knox all day.
0: Yeah. Fired up. I mean, that, that's a way to get, that's a way to get weird, but still capture a lot of upside. I, I, I was going to mention Dawson Knox. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. The, the Jawan John Johnson thing was, was, you know, a bit, but Dawson Knox obviously is a, is a really, really good play um at 4400 it gives you a lot of flexibility in that spot too so um obviously Josh Allen is is probably going to be a a heavily utilized quarterback on this probably him and Dak will be the the top two exposures I would believe um uh on the For plate. Sure, yeah. so um so finding a way to get different with that uh, with that stack is is probably going to be uh pretty key and then on the I, other side obviously yeah go ahead
1: I I think you'll see It'll probably be about fifty percent Allen, uh maybe up to like fifty five. And then I think you'll see Dak like twenty five to thirty. I think you'll end up seeing Carr like ten. And I would guess that the other three guys won't even get to five percent each. Yeah. Um so that's what that's what's making me want to try to dig in more to like Dalton, Semyon, and Goff and just try to figure out which of those three garbage cans I would be most interested in. I don't know. Think- Sorry, yeah, my bad. Hey, well, they can edit that out, Josh. Don't worry.
0: No, it's staying in.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think Derek Carr is probably the worst of those plays, just because he's he's probably going to be like 10% owned, which is going to be like three times higher owned than those other guys, and he projects pretty much the same, and they have the same team total. So, I think you'll see more Carr ownership just because the the total of that game is so high. So people will think, oh, if it's a shootout, um, you know, I'll play car. And like we said, car is a lot easier to stack because you could go Renfro and Waller. And those are both very strong plays. So it's just easier to run a car stack than the other guys.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, too. Um, let's so speaking of trash can, um, Trevor Simeon. Jesus Christ. <laughs>
4: That we do have to edit out, Josh. Thanks a Go. Lot. So, I, he's, he, it's, it's... some respect in his name. Twenty six, twenty six 26 drafting points, 19 the week before. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, he's thrown the ball
0: 29, 41, 34, and 40 times.
3: The haters,
0: like, it's I, unbelievable these haters, man. I, like I, I tell these was, guys
3: I tell these guys in our company Slack one time that I picked this guy off in practice and now they just think he's the worst player in the world. Get it. And, Josh, unbelievable.
2: and Josh Josh, I was gonna say I think a lot of Trevor Semion's success comes from facing uh his that collegiate defense uh in at, at Northwestern. I tell you what,
3: man, that scout that scout team defense, the goon squad right. we were called, man yeah. we got him prepared.
2: Yeah, I've heard that nickname a lot, actually, about Northwestern scout team defense, you guys being called the good squad, but, but that's very well known, and definitely wasn't a self-appointed nickname. Yeah, I've got it on a shirt if you want to see it. I actually would love to see that, yes. Yeah.
1: Josh, as soon as the podcast drops, why don't you just comment a picture of you wearing that shirt with no, with no other explanation?
3: Oh, no, see, now we're full circle to the beginning of the podcast when I said the thing about the physique. I do
4: not fit in that thing. Or What are we talking <laughs> about, boys? <this? laughs> I love it. Put it. on your dog. That, I love it. That might um, might make it ahead. make it even better to see. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah,
2: that's true. That's very true.
0: But it, but okay, so here's the thing. If if we think that if we think that Buffalo is going to play better than like God play better than they have, I mean Jesus, that's a pretty low bar, but. Um, recently, and, and we think New Orleans plays from behind here. What is to say that Trevor Simeon is not going to chuck it up like thirty-five to forty times? I mean, what? I mean, there, there's no reason to say that he's not, especially if Kamara's not right, and yeah, especially if Ingram, Ingram's uh, not right. I mean, if they're both hurt, I mean, geez, what else do they have? I mean, just go with this guy. I mean, your season's pretty much lost anyway. I mean, you're not winning the division. You got. You know, just fifty-six hundred. If he gives you twenty points at fifty-six hundred, I mean, that's like you're printing money.
4: We've also seen can... most of most of his work come come in in garbage time. Uh, the the he had sixteen or sixteen point nine against Atlanta. They were they were down big in that one, and yeah, he let it come late. The Tennessee game, I know Tennessee was up up multiple scores. Philly was up like thirty-three to thirty-three to seven. So he's definitely yeah. one of the guys that, like, with a minute left in the, it's left in the first half, you might be looking down at, like, 4.5 DraftKings points, and then Plus, it just all comes, comes late in the game.
0: He, know, he knows how to dissect a prevent defense. I'll tell you that much right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, I had him – I unfortunately had to start him in my season-long league this past week, and it's entirely the fault of one Christian Abinizio, uh because I made a trade with him late Sunday morning, and – to get Kyler Murray. And so I had to send him my quarterback, which was Derek Carr. And he had chosen to pick up Trevor Simeon as his bi-week solution. And so he sent him over to me as part of that trade so I would have a quarterback to use. And at halftime, Simeon had like two points, and I texted him, why couldn't you have picked up a real quarterback? (laughs) And we had guys like Heideke on the free agent block, and I was like, what are you doing? Why do I have to play this guy now? And entering the fourth quarter... They were down 33-7, to seven, and I think Semyon had about seven or eight fantasy points. And I was like, "Ah, oh, I'm toast. And in the third quarter, he ran in a touchdown and threw for two more and finished with, like, 26 fantasy points. So yep. I think he still stinks, but I think that against the prevent defense, there's upside. Um, but the thing is, he's not cheap enough for how bad he is. Like, you're not really getting the discount that you deserve. Um, you could pay like five hundred less to get Goff, um, and you could pay a hundred less to get Dalton. I don't know if Goff's better, but I think Dalton is better than Trevor Simeon. Do no,
0: I kind of think so. I think I think like
3: I I think you could argue in real life, but I don't think from a fantasy perspective. Like we've seen just how absolutely inept the Bears' offense is. Like there's no reason to invest anything into them. Like their coach is apparently getting fired after this game. Andy Dalton is like. 90, um, and like as much as we clown on Sean Payton for being an idiot, like the the Saints do somehow always manage to have a reasonably, uh, like competent offense. So I do think like, you know, if you were starting, if you were saying which one would I rather have for my team in real life, I'd probably, uh, I wouldn't personally, but I would I would see the argument. But I think from a fancy perspective, you kind of throw that out the window. And like the the other big thing there is like teams are passing against Buffalo at the fourth highest rate in the league. Um, so we know that, like, like you said, they're gonna pass, and especially if they're down, Camara and Ingram. Um, like, I'm sure they trust Tony Jones in the running game, but they're gonna be passing the ball. Like this, this team is gonna be passing the ball, especially if they're playing from behind. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't. I think from a fantasy perspective, it it makes it makes sense to me.
1: Yeah, although even with that, uh, that they're throwing at the fourth highest rate, they are still the worst. Dead last in fantasy points allowed to opposing quarterbacks. And it's actually not even close. They've allowed 12.5 fantasy points a game to opposing quarterbacks. And the next worst is the Patriots at 15.9. So I don't usually look at DVP. I'm usually the guy that's like, screw DVP. It all comes out like... I mean, the gap between fourth or even third. Okay, the Falcons allow the third most at 22. And then the third least is 16. So, like, a six-point gap from all the way from third worst to third best is just, like, not enough to really get me that interested in DVP most of the time. But then for the Bills to go from 16.1 to 12.5, like, that's just a massive gap between them and everyone else. It's just so hard for even competent quarterbacks to put up good fantasy outings. That's what, like, gives giving me pause there, is that, like, we know that The Saints offense is probably going to look better than the Bears offense, but they have the same team total. And I think it's the Lions defense that's kind of making up for that. Their pass defense is pretty inept. And, you know, they're maybe they could keep up with the Bears enough that both teams are throwing. It's, it's hard to say. I mean, Vegas clearly just thinks this game is kind of similar to the other ones. They're giving all the teams similar team totals. It's like a three point spread. Um, I just don't think anyone wants to play the passing stacks in that first game. And I just keep, I just keep getting drawn back to that one.
3: Yeah, yeah, I think it makes sense. I, I think I'm more interested in the value guys here. Like mentioned, like if, if Tony Jones becomes available, yeah, I'm absolutely going to slot him in. Mark Ingram is one of my biggest guys I'm I'm interested in at running back. I think he gets kind of glossed over there in that yep. mid-range. Because I think he's, if I remember correctly, he's priced like right above Monty. Is that right? Yeah, or? he is. Yep. Ingram yeah, so like,
0: 62 and Monty is 6. Yeah,
3: so like I don't think anyone's going to look at that and be like, oh, I really want to play Mark Ingram instead. You know, I think – um, I'm more interested in guys like that. And then Jawan Johnson, um, makes a lot of sense at tight end too, where there, it's going to be super, super chalky there at the top with, with those top three guys, like we mentioned. So, mm-hmm. um, just punting it off there. And
0: you I think mean, like, we see like Deontay Harris. Every in
3: NFL. Yeah. Deontay Harris is, is a decent play as well. I think he, he has like the deep ball role. I think he's been getting like five or so targets a game. It's like three, four, seven in the past three or something like that. So. Reasonable, but, you know, the Bills don't really get beat deep um very much, so don't love it nearly as much there. But I, I think the running backs and the tight end, like, at super cheap value can definitely pay off on a full PPR site. Like I said, if the Bills are forcing teams to, to chuck a ton, like it could just be, like you said, they're not allowing too many quarterback fantasy points, but um, if you're just racking up a ton of receptions at wide receiver, tight end, or running back, it could definitely pay off. So, yeah, I think the quarterback here is not not where I would – necessarily go but i wouldn't
0: hate it anyway. i'll tell you one uh, i'll tell you one situation that's not um going to be clear for anybody uh the buffalo running back situation <laughs> it was devin singletary and then he sucked and then zach moss kind of took over and then matt burrito is kind of back and then zach moss kind of fell out and then it's devin singletary matt Breida kind of neck and neck last week i mean no one's going to play you what <laughs> Singletary's 49, Matt Breed is 48, Zach Moss is 47. I mean, n- nobody knows who the hell to play here. I don't know who the hell to play here. I'm not gonna play any of them. So, if someone, if someone figures it out, <laughs> great. But, I mean, yeah. I think, I, I think if I had to play anyone, it'd probably be Breeda. He's shown the best, like, on tape, he's shown the most explosiveness, but even still, it's like, eh. Yeah, and the
3: matchup's brutal.
0: Like, yeah, I mean, it's defense, not easy at all. Yeah.
3: It's up there with the Bucks. I mean, they're allowing less than a yard before contact, which is, like, mind-boggling.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, so no one's going to play these 14
3: days. runs of 10 plus. Like, it, they're crazy good. So, yeah, I don't – it's tough yeah. to ever get excited about the Buffalo running backs because not yeah. only are they going to split time, but then you have Josh Allen, Freight Train on the two-yard line, mm-hmm. um, or one of his – the 12 – uh, white Buffalo tight ends that catch a touchdown <laughs> randomly, like I don't know, <laughs> like they all come out of the woodwork. I swear, does Lee Smith still play for this team? Because I swear to God, Lee Smith, guy, dude, I don't know.
1: where I can't he's wait here. till he scores. He does not. <laughs> <laughs> you know who is? You know who's interesting? If we, if you decide to, to ruin your Thanksgiving with Andy Dalton is uh to to pair him with and you don't even need a stack, you don't need to play any Dalton. I just wanted to throw it in there again. Um but Marquise don't Goodwin say Jimmy is, Graham. Okay, good. Marquise Goodwin is thirty eight hundred mm-hmm. and he is he's getting some sweet A dot. Oh, yeah. yeah. his average catch the last few games is twenty six is his average catch on four catches on eight targets, fifty on one catch on four targets, and then sixteen on two for three. I mean, he is just going deep. And the Lions have the kind of secondary who could, like, just let a guy get completely lost and just go for a 60-yard touchdown. So I kind of like that. Josh, I don't know if you can quickly whip up any stats on, like, the Lions getting beat deep. Um But I don't have them handy. But I, I feel like Goodwin is a guy that getting Dalton back, who, you know... He's not a good quarterback, but he did look for him quite a bit. Uh, you know, the the, the four, the three games where he had the most targets were weeks 1, 2, and 11, and those are the three games Andy Dalton played. So yeah, I don't know yeah. if you overlooked that.
3: Yeah, no, it, it's definitely there. And teams are targeting the Lions at 20-plus yards down the field at the second highest rate in the league. Um, look at that. So they've, they've, wow. they've allowed, you know, they, they rank a little bit lower than that would suggest in terms of 20-plus yard completions, but... Uh, at like 12th, but, um, the Lions don't get any pressure very right. often. Uh, that being said, the Bears O line is god awful and that can definitely open it up. But yeah, I, I think it makes sense. I mean, look on this slate, like if you're not making a lineup you don't feel uncomfortable with, you're, you're either going to chop or like going to min cash. Like it, it, so like if you want to play the way where you want to win a tournament, you're going to have to make a lineup you don't, you don't feel comfortable with. You know, it's a three game slate there's not that many options, Uh you know, the few good options are going to be heavily exposed by the field. They're going to be like, it's going to be very concentrated, right. At, at these top options for sure. Um, so if you want to get off the board, like it's going to feel nasty, but it, that's how you get to the top quick. I mean, we saw it even just on Sunday with like Jonathan Taylor, um, you know, he wasn't, he was a good play, but he wasn't a great play. Standout play. He was a little bit overpriced and, He was, what, 3%, I think you said, Justin, in in some of your contests? And just absolutely new slate. And, like, that's how you just get to the top. You know, it's going to feel a little bit uncomfortable. Obviously, it feels more comfortable on a big slate like that. But on this, like, there's a lot of dusty names that you're going to be wanting to consider out there. You know, Marquise Goodwin. um, We talked about, like, Jawan Johnson. We talked about, you know, who was the guy, Khalif Raymond. Like, there's a lot of ugly names that you may end up with in your lineup if you want to get different for sure.
0: I like how every, it doesn't matter whatever game we're talking about, we always end up talking about Chicago and Detroit. Um, <laughs> I feel like, I feel like that's going to be biased in all of our heads here. Come it's by. what
4: the people want. It's what the people I found want. A, I got, I got, I got a, a stat for you, Justin. Uh, Detroit conceded, yes. uh, what talking was saying, the 20, the 20 yard completions. Uh, Detroit has conceded the eighth most 20 yard completions with 38. Uh, I, I definitely think Goodwin. Goodwin is a solid play he was playing about like 40 to 50 percent of the snaps and then after the after the bye, he was up to 71 percent last week part of that might be due to uh, Allen Robinson but even if Alan Robinson's back when Robinson was playing he was still seeing like 50 percent um so I think like like Josh said getting uncomfortable is definitely the way to go I don't I, I think a Dalton a Dalton Goodwin and Mooney double stack isn't isn't a bad way to go um, one thing I want to touch on with with, uh, Buffalo, the, the Josh Allen stack, they, they, they pass the ball so much. They're like, they're second in, uh, pass rate above expectation. So, I mean, like the play volume in that game is probably going to be more than the other two. I'd, I would, I would expect. And like, if we've seen any team that has no, uh, that does not care about running up the score, it's definitely Buffalo. Um, they're just going to keep scoring. If they, if they go up big, obviously they they, would put in, uh, Trubisky late in the game, but, um, they really don't take their foot off the gas pedal. So that's something to think about if, if running a, a, a Josh Allen stack where like, if a team, when a team like, like Dallas gets up, especially with Dak still probably a little banged up with the calf, they probably, they're probably just going to look to lean on the run if they get up and, and Vegas lays an egg, which kind of gives me a little, A little nod towards Allen stacks as opposed to Dax stacks, but ownership is probably going to reflect that as well. Yeah.
0: And just watch. I mean, there's a there's a real possibility that this last game could get totally totally sideways. Because I'm not 100% sure I trust the Buffalo. I I definitely don't trust the Buffalo secondary for sure. Um, I don't know, man. I I just I I get a little bit hesitant with these kind of games because I feel like you're going, especially if Kamara and Ingram sit. I mean, just New Orleans has literally no other choice but to but to throw the ball. I mean, they just really don't. So I, oh man. This,
4: also, just, if, I mean, if New Orleans is is, is going to throw the ball, that's going to lead to like like Callaway and Traquan Smith projecting that. Yeah. And also, I feel like anyone going down to Callaway and Traquan Smith. They're just gonna be like, or Deontay Harris. They're just gonna be like, why don't I go down a thousand more and use like Cedric Wilson, like like mm-hmm. like the Dallas guys who they know are gonna yeah. step into big roles. And they're gonna say like like Dax thrown to them. Why would I take the receivers that Trevor Simeon's gonna to throw to? And they're gonna see when well, they look on DraftKings when 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 all the casuals at 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 twelve oh five are building a lineup. They're gonna see the big red number one next to Callaway yeah. and Smith and Harris, which will probably drop. Yeah. Not- some ownership down in the more more casual contest.
0: For sure. Yeah, I mean it, you gotta you gotta maybe take into account who's who is uh who's Tradavius White gonna be on? Is he gonna shadow? Is he gonna stick to one side of the field? Like what 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 are they gonna do? And you know, that's where, you know, where do these guys play coming to some you know coming to coming to play. You know, where's Traquan going to play? Where does Deontay play? Where's Marquez play in, in relation to where Tradavius White uh, lines up because that'll that'll be a big that'll be a big selling point on who you might want to play as a cheap cheap wide receiver from this game if you think that the Saints are gonna you know chuck it around a lot forty times so we'll see yeah we'll try to get some clarity on the tight end situation too we'll have more on that obviously in the uh in the war room is going to be Juwan Johnson let's hope maybe is it uh, Nick Vinette maybe we'll see Dalton uh, maybe. Yeah, so um, so if, if that's the way you want to go, then, then that could, uh, that could definitely be a, an option as well. But I think all the ownership, I mean, we've, uh, everyone knows what, what's going to happen with Buffalo. I mean, I think they, they're going to throw the ball. You don't want to test the wide receiver. You don't want to test the running backs. We know what wide receivers you want to play. We know Dawson Knox is a good play too. Like, like Matt said, probably one of the best, best pure plays on the entire slate with price and, and opportunity in a, in a really good spot. So. Um, anything else we want to mention before we uh, before we wrap up talking about the slate? Going once, going twice. Oh, uh,
3: the, only last I don't thing the only last thing I mentioned is, like, I, I'm actually pretty interested in, if you're playing the chalk stacks, which I think everyone should at least have some exposure to in, in some way or the other, but uh, Matt mentioned getting different. I think the easiest way to deal with Buffalo is to play a guy like Emmanuel Sanders. Um, mm-hmm. Because I think I think especially on DraftKings, he's sandwiched where he's priced higher than Beasley, and we also know Beasley typically gets more volume. Uh, but like we mentioned, uh, you know, there's there's a good chance like well I guess we didn't mention this, but there's a reasonable chance that the the Saints will put um, Lattimore on like digs and then they'll need someone else to be the deep threat there in Buffalo. So yeah. Sanders has kind of filled that role this year. The Saints have actually allowed a decent amount of 20 plus yard passes. And they're being targeted in the 20 plus yard downfield at the fourth highest rate. So
0: I do like Sanders quite a bit there, um, as well. Gotcha. Yeah.
4: There's um, a lot to like.
0: There's a lot to like. Go ahead, Matt.
4: I think what I'd, one of the things I'd say is definitely don't be afraid to, uh, leave salary on the board. Um, I mean, coming at first, one of these things, the big thing, your, big thing is, is, is being different and leaving some salary because once, once the slate starts, like the salary, doesn't matter. I mean, how many times, how many times have we seen like, uh, like, well, like Sanders or Beasley beat Diggs or Dawson Knox beat Darren Waller uh, on a slate? So I definitely wouldn't be afraid to leave salary. But yeah, being different is definitely the way to go. I think uh, getting different with the Allen stacks. I think Allen with 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 Sanders and Knox. I probably talked myself onto Andy Dalton, so that's gonna suck. But um. <laughs> I feel like I'll probably I'll probably ride with Z and the running backs and Schultz in that second game and kinda of hope it's gonna I might just hope it's gonna be be a slog fest. Like we saw Dallas kind of fall on their face on Sunday. Maybe they can't turn around in four days. So yeah, I'll probably I might avoid that passing game to be different as well.
0: Yeah. I I, I like how my my one take in this whole this whole podcast was I'm playing Eddie Dalton and that was that was that. And now, now everybody That's else down, is on maybe Dalton. So I'm I'm happy to oblige everyone. You're all you welcome. Must, you
1: must be really sharp.
0: Super sharp. Super sharp. My bank account uh, reflects that too. For oh, my DFS oh. winnings.
4: One last thing. <laughs> um, definitely utilize a uh, late swap on a, a slate like this. Like if you if you do something contrarian early and 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 it, it doesn't go well you're probably not going to be able to uh, like play a Josh Allen and step on big big stack you're gonna to need to get off those plays that's probably where you can leave salary on the board you're gonna to need to differentiate to try to catch up to the field because if usually
1: escape the Dalton plays first because otherwise we could purposely be do something down on the first game and then have a good reason to swap to Dalton
4: it'd be so, it'd be so nice if we had if we had Bears bills for late night hammer and we could pretend to be so upset when we have to swap from Allen to Dalton yeah, that would be nice.
0: So you're, sell, you're telling me don't put DeAndre Swift in the flex, is what you're saying?
4: No, definitely play everybody from <laughs> the first game in, in the flex. That's Beautiful. What want okay.
0: Do. All right. Good. All right. Excellent. <laughs> that was um, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> sarcasm warning. Sarcasm warning. Okay. Um. All right. So we talked about the slate. Obviously, we'll have all kinds of content. Content's going up as we speak um in the war room all of that will be available we'll have uh are we gonna do must-haves for the slate or we just gonna put most of the stuff in the war room
1: it's typically just in the war room these specialty slates are just war room only
0: just making just making sure but uh but if you are not a subscriber you can get access to the war room week trial i mean sign up for a month see if you like it i mean this is this is kind of uh a, a big time right now you got all four are all three major, three major sports going on. Uh, we've got MMA slates. We've got, uh, we've got some soccer slates coming up too. So you don't want to miss in, uh, miss out on some of the action we got going on, um, at DFI. So give us a shot, but uh, all of that info will be up in the war room here over the next 24 hours. So, um, give it a look and, um, let's talk about a little nonsense. Uh, love Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is probably one of my favorite holidays. Love it so much. Uh, most likely because of the food consumption, the football consumption, uh, and the alcohol consumption. Uh, there's going to be a fair, a fair amount of that. And Old that's kinda, threat. Yeah, oh, oh yeah. Nate. Oh yeah.
2: Super <laughs> sick, Nate.
0: <laughs> I, I wanted, so everybody, you know, everyone talks about like Thanksgiving and the day of and eating and drinking football and all that stuff. What do you guys do the day before Thanksgiving? That's uh, I, I mean, I know a lot of people that like go out and like if you're going especially going back to your hometown or something like that, like what do you guys have any before Thanksgiving traditions or like maybe before everyone comes over or like anything you do special on the day before Thanksgiving? Cuz I I I'll share I'll share a story with you guys after if uh, if we do have any of those uh of those takes to to share
2: i don't i that's just my i mean with with being for the most part still you know and in, in, in and out of school it's been mostly just like the day of travel for me as of yeah. late just like for at least the last few years just heading back um heading back home driving across state so nothing i mean yeah. by the time you know by the time you're done with the six-hour car ride something like that there's not a lot of going out or doing anything like that so nothing nothing too exciting for me traditionally
1: i like to build the optimal lamp and (laughs) slowly swap (laughs) further and further away from it as we get closer
2: no no, justin he said this is the day before thanksgiving not the day before any slate you ever play (laughs) exactly
0: yes yeah correct So I'll, so I'll, I'll share a story. Uh, my first Thanksgiving away from home, my, um, the, the first job I had, I was living in Minnesota. My family's in Florida and I didn't realize this, but evidently this is a thing. The day before Thanksgiving is the busiest day, like traditionally the busiest day for bars. Okay. Cause you know, people are, you know, the families come over and you know, the day before Thanksgiving, you know, you're going to be spending a lot of time with your family and you just need to get away evidently bars are just freaking slammed right so i'm in minnesota day before thanksgiving i have to work so i'm you know away from my family the first time forever hmm. and we go to one of my favorite dive bars um in the, in the town i was working in and it was just it was slammed full of people like all i mean all ages i mean from from 21 to probably 80 these there's just people everywhere and this older guy comes up to me. He's like, "Are you from around here?" I said, "No, man, I'm not." He's like, "Well, where are you having Thanksgiving?" I said, um, "Nowhere. I was. Uh, I actually have to go to work, and then you know, I've, I was just going to go to like a restaurant or something." He's like, "Why don't you come over to my house?" I'm like, wow, that was really nice. Okay, so <laughs> the guy. I mean, he had to be like 65 years old. So the guy invited me over to his house, like told me where he lived, and like his his wife was there, really nice, sweet lady. At the end of the night, the guy was still there. He got he got arrested. <laughs> he got kicked out of the bar, and arrested. I sh- I shit you not, walking oh out of the God. bar because evidently he has he assaulted like one of the bartenders.
2: Oh, oh. Nathan, that's not funny. Okay, okay. <laughs> I <laughs> mean, right. like not like okay.
0: not like physically assaulted, but like was shouting oh, at her, and, like, he had to be escorted out, like, I don't know if he got arrested, but he had to be, like, escorted out by cops, so I'm, like, totally chalking up the fact that he invited me over to his house for Thanksgiving, it was, like, this that guy was, like, completely trash and, like, had no idea what was going on, so,
2: that How was he just... Cook his tur- how'd he cook his turkey?
0: Well, i tell you what, he didn't smoke it like I'm going to, I guarantee you that, Oof. that's Oof. for sure, but that's I'm just, mo- like, completely wild, that was completely foreign to me, that people just go to bars the night before Thanksgiving and get completely just completely trashed.
2: Yeah, I would not have, I would not have guessed that, that was one of the busiest or the busiest day of the yeah. year for, for bars. Nate,
1: that kind of yeah. feels like a non sequitur from the question of what's your <laughs> tradition on the day before <laughs> Thanksgiving. There's no way you've done that more than once.
0: No, I've been to, no, I have been to bars more than once. Like when I was, when I was working, when I wasn't, you know, oh, okay. uh, when I had have see, a girlfriend I, or I married I or whatever. Yeah, no, I would always go to the bar the night before Thanksgiving because it would always be a whole lot of fun. Like there'd always be something going on. Um so yeah, I mean that was that was yeah, that was a thing. And even, you know, even when I was even when I've been, you know, uh either engaged or married or whatever, it's like it's kind of an interesting time to to go out because there's just all kinds of people everywhere. So, yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting. Um well,
1: I can't get down with the, that.
0: Yeah, but that also leads me to my next question. On Thanksgiving, what are we drinking? Ooh. Uh,
2: this, is this, is this, like, all encompassing, like, every, every meal, like, or are we just talking, like, with the actual... um... But with the,
0: it doesn't have to be with the actual meal, but, like, like, my family, we drink mimosas in the morning. I'll drink beer with my meal. Like, you know, what are, what are, what are we imbibing? What, cause everyone, everyone's got food takes. I don't want to hear those anymore. Okay. If you could, if you've got a, if you got a favorite beverage, I like, I like to drink mimosas in the morning. I'm going to smoke a turkey at five o'clock. I'm going to have a mimosa at f- probably five o'clock in the morning and get the morning started off right. Five a.m. mimosa.
1: Just, just smoke king, a turkey.
2: Just king activity at the Harrington yes. household. And, it,
0: and it's not going to be like a regular mimosa. It's going to be an apple cider mimosa.
2: Oh, let's go! Whoa, 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 whoa! Yeah. <laughs> what a, oh wow. yeah!
0: Like the sound of that. Uh,
2: I so I'm. I drink sweet tea with with the meal, like the actual with the actual meal. I don't get too deep into the alcohol, but after that, it's most like any other, um, any other NFL like NFL watching, uh, day where it's just you're just cracking beers on thanksgiving exactly just Tr- truly's that's right yeah, no, no it's cracking beers. it's cracking beers
1: because when i'm because
2: <laughs> when i'm uh shout out to my parents for this but when i'm home with them they always my parents buy good beer not like you know ah, bush light and the stuff that go. i drink up here normally so so i can actually enjoy some uh some some nice stuff so that's normally my go-to sweet tea and then just beer after that sounds nice Boy,
0: I didn't, I didn't know these beverage takes were going to be so mundane, Jake. Yeah, I exciting I,
2: to I think it's like, – I, I, can, I can lie make
3: something – uh, So the problem is it's a tough question, right? Because like when you're eating a big old meal, for, like like you're not going to have something that interesting with this big old meal that you're trying to eat and gain 12 pounds on one meal, exactly. you know? So like, yeah, it's just going to be tossed toss back a couple brewskis and, and take it as it is, but I think – the dub, like the the optimal GTO strategy is, you know, for a nightcap or even the night before, to get your mind right, is just a nice glass of eggnog oh. with some, you know, oh. bourbon, whiskey, whatever.
2: I, I, you know, and if
3: you just... don't like it, you're just wrong. And again, <laughs> I'll bring it back to the physique. We've been over this. My taste hold <laughs> the... precedence over yours, and it's yeah. just simple. It may not, I, you know it's what? not fair, but I'm it's gonna, how it is.
2: I'm going to agree with that because for me… The Christmas season starts directly after the Thanksgiving meal, so it's okay, totally acceptable. The first time it's acceptable to start drinking eggnog and, and Captain Morgan or, or whatever, your, whatever your choice of brown <laughs> liquor is in it. God, um, that's, it's, <laughs> uh, that's, it's that night. Yeah, so you know what? I'm with Josh. I, I'm going to do that. I'm actually going to do that this year. I just dude. threw up in my
0: mouth. Play. Oh, play? oh,
2: grow up, Nate. Eggnog and prosa. Captain Morgan? Yeah, sorry, Jeez, Nate. Geez. We're not
0: oh.
3: just going to sit there and drink mimosas. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, my bad. Let me drink a mimosas <laughs> let and of some bad.
2: eggnog my with apple, whiskey. T- my apple cider while I smoke my turkey. Jeez. Yeah. Hey. Good
0: Lord. All you people are salivating kiss, right now. He's got a
3: kiss-the-cook <laughs> apron
1: on. Like, if we <laughs> get it, dude. You're yeah. a dad.
2: Yeah, Nate, get all that, bro. Drink some brown liquor. Come on, man.
1: Nate, we usually just go with red wine, like throughout the day, all there day long. Go. That's that's there pretty much just what's what's oh, foreign. Wait, oh, that's, that's that's
3: the, oh, that's okay, the worst. That's, like, that's, wait, you're that's asleep the, by now? Yeah, no. I
1: waited. I waited for <laughs> everyone else to simmer down because I knew that would come get. That wait, how, get how get are
3: you not asleep? I man. would be asleep. Dude, the tryptophan, which I don't even know if it's real, combined with red wine would have me slump by like one thirty.
2: There's no chance stress. Tony
3: Jones would get in my lineup <laughs> if there was late. Next.
2: <laughs> There's <laughs> absolutely no way we're going to let red wine all day fly, but my craft beers after dinner got slandered. Absolutely not. That will not happen.
1: Yeah, I'm going to try to make sure I set an alarm before that late game for the swabs.
0: I'm a fan. I'm a, I'm a I'm a big fan. Actually, if you want to go really crazy off the board a little bit, do a little sangria with some uh, with some lemon with some citrus fruit. Ah, uh, oh, that's good stuff too. That's good stuff Beta. too. Beta. <laughs> yeah, and I was going to say. It, Excuse but... me.
2: I had a little cough there.
0: Uh huh. Yeah.
3: Nate. Nate wakes up on Thanksgiving. First thing he does is go to the liquor store and buy a bottle of pucker, and then he just <laughs> sits on that throughout the day. Basically, is what I'm hearing. That's watermelon pucker and just takes uh, a sip, you know, throughout the day. And that, then by the time he's finished the entire uh, bottle, he's had about as much alcohol as is in one wait, beer. Do I,
2: you think Nate needs to go to the liquor store to buy that? He can't just drink one of the four bottles he has in his cabinet already. Come <laughs> right <now>? on, oh, man. <laughs> I, keep, I
0: keep I keep that right next to my whipping cream enough. vodka. Oh, oh, that's good stuff. Oh, bet nosh. you wish. Bet you wish you
2: were signed towards a sweet potato. Souffle right
0: now, didn't you, Nate? no you guys don't even know about sweet potato souffle. Jake, Jake, you've been invited over Thanksgiving. You can come over whenever you want, buddy, and you can have some sweet potatoes. And actually, I'm going to make them for next retreat. I've already said it. I'm oh, making man. sweet potatoes next an retreat, and I'm going to shove Very it down your throat, that. and you're going to enjoy it. Oh, and and Nate, you're going to have Nate, the sweet potatoes. Nate. <laughs> ah, there it is.
2: There it is. <laughs> oh, there. It is.
0: Oh. Old, clean family fun. That a boy. That a boy. Well, whatever you guys decide to drink, whatever you guys decide to eat, um, I hope you all have a wonderful Thanksgiving. I really do, from the bottom of my heart. And I hope everyone uh, makes a lot of money. Um, I hope I make more, but I hope uh, everyone makes a lot of money.
2: <laughs> I'll
1: try <laughs> familiar with you, Nate, if that's okay.
0: Beautiful. I've been waiting to do that with you for a long time, man.
1: It's been, was, been too long. Let's do it.
0: I love it. I love it. Um... Alright boys, well for, uh, for Baby Martin, for Josh, for Jake, for Justin, I am Nate. Have a happy Thanksgiving. We will see you and talk to you guys next time.